This morning's reading is from Luke chapter 7, verses 18 to 23. John's disciples told him about the thing, these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one whom, who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to come to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and gave, them, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John that you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Hi everyone, so I'm just going to share for a little while before we go into our different zones. Um, Lord, as we think about this passage, would you be with us by your Holy Spirit? We invite you to be with us as we think about this. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if anyone listened to the song that I put on the WhatsApp group earlier. You can listen to it later on. It's by Michael Card. We used to listen to a lot of Michael Card when I was growing up um, on tapes in the car. Michael Card and Keith Green were the soundtracks of my mom and dad's um, people carriers. Uh, and in, in that song, it's, it's talking about this passage. Uh, Jesus says at the end of it, uh, blessed are all those who do not stumble on account of me. And you know, a few months ago, we were looking at the Beatitudes and we know that um, bless, blessed can be just translated as, as, as happy, how, how wonderful it is, uh, those that don't stumble. And, and the word is, um, is, is, I can't remember what it is in Greek, but it basically means sca- happy are those that aren't scandalized on account of me, that there is something about Jesus that is a scandal now, and we'll think about that more in the chat zone, and also in, in his time. Uh, so here's, here's John, and, you know, John the Baptist, the forerunner, the one who was prophesied about, the one who leapt in his mother's womb where Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to Elizabeth, the, the, the one that was promised. And as he grew up, the cousin of Jesus, he believed all of the things that his mother and his auntie told him about this child uh, Jesus. And he knew he was the one preparing the way. And he was... He was in the wilderness and had amassed a great following, baptizing people in the river, the river Jordan. And in, in John's gospel, right at the beginning, when John sees Jesus, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The one who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. John seemed to have complete white hot and rock solid faith that Jesus was the Messiah that Israel had been waiting for. He seemed to know exactly who who Jesus was. And yet we find him here, I think not unfair to say, doubting, wondering, scratching his head. He says to his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one we were expecting or should we wait for another? We've just started Alpha um, at, at the Vicarage and we had quite a number of guests who aren't 
Christians, so say aren't yet Christians, but it's presumptuous. <laughs> um, uh, and a really wonderful, really great time. And so carry on praying for that, everyone. I think I would say, maybe not along those who were there, I, I, felt, that we've, I felt that we were prayed for on, on Wednesday night. So keep praying. And the last question on the first week of Alpha um, is, if, there turns, if it turns out that there is a God and you could ask him anything, what would be the one question that you would ask him? And as you can imagine, it gets pretty deep quite quickly as people are thinking about the suffering of in their own lives, in the lives of those they love, and in the lives of what we, you know, the things that we see on the news. God, why do you let this happen? And why did you let this happen to me? And it's such an important question. And some of the, some of the thoughts in the group, particularly of, of the guests who aren't Christians, were really poignant and um, heartfelt. I felt very moved about pe- with people's honesty and vulnerability. Um, and and for my, my question is, is similar to it, but not exactly the same. It's, it's uh, you know, Lord, my question would be, why don't you do more? <laughs> Why don't you do more? Because you know it would be really good for your PR. You know, if you, if you healed more people when they were prayed for, and if you so visibly stopped wars or confrontations, if everything that it says you do in the Bible, you did more, I think more people would have faith in you, and my faith would be stronger. And I and that's just my that's my honest honest reflection that would be my my question question to god john is hearing about all the miracles of jesus but he's in prison he's in prison and he's thinking i didn't think that it would turn out like this that i would prepare the way jesus would start doing all the things that he said it was foretold that he would do, and I would be here in prison. And when he says, should we expect another, I, I think there is a great hope, Israel, that the Messiah would liberate them from oppression uh, under the Roman Empire at that time. But Israel, if you read the Old Testament, they, they have been passed around like a football between superpowers for thousands of years up to this point and John and indeed many others are hoping that this Messiah would dignify liberate would change something so that this people the 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 Jewish people could have freedom and freedom of religion just be able to rule them themselves and yet he's not seeing very many signs if that is what Jesus is is about. I think doubt comes in all shapes and sizes. There's obviously the the doubt that people who don't believe in God would have, uh, who are atheists or agnostics, as they would say things like, "There's, there's not enough evidence for me to believe in this. One of the reasons that I love Alpha is it doesn't look all about, it doesn't focus only on the feelings that one might have when 
they are thinking about God, but it's really looking at the evidence for faith, a, a reasonable faith. And it's not that it's saying it's not about feelings, but it's really looking, what are the, what are the evidence, what is the evidence to believe that Jesus Christ lived, that he ministered, and that he died and was resurrected and ascended for the, the sins of the world, and because God loves us so so much. But perhaps more painfully, painful is the, the, the doubt of a believer. And John is a believer. He's a true believer. He's perhaps the, the greatest believer that there had been up to this point. And in fact, if, we were to, if Grace was to read on, Jesus says about John, no one greater has been born of a woman than John the Baptist. John He's essentially saying, I, Jesus, I thought you'd be different. <laughs> I thought you'd be, I thought you'd be, be different. Um, I didn't think this is how things would end up. Uh, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, can you change my situation? Can you show your, your power? Have you ever thought this question? And by saying it, it's a rhetorical question, so you don't need to answer it, but I'm saying you that I've thought it. Okay, um, God, if I were you, I think I would do a better job than what you're doing. Has anyone, you just nod, you don't have to give me a long form answer about all the ways that you've thought that. But I've thought that, I feel like, God, if you are good and all powerful, yeah, I, I think if, if my job was saving humanity and rescuing even just Bradford or Frisinghall, I'd do more stuff if I, <laughs> if I were God. Um, and in a sense, me saying that is, um, within that is the, the essence of what, you know, what the Bible calls uh, idolatry. Um, but when we hear stories like this, it's un- understandable. If you're in prison, you would think, God, why don't you, why don't you do more? I, I, I might do a better job if if, if, I, if I were you. Um, it's doubting in God's goodness and having an inflated and deluded pride as to our own goodness. And I think you know, the, the encouragement of faith is to believe that, that, he, that he is good and we are on the journey to becoming good if we are with, are we, we are with, with him. I think it's so interesting when you, uh, if you do a surface level of the Gospels, it can appear that Jesus is just healing everyone all the time. Like it's kind of like shock and awe, like a bombardment of, I am God, look at my power. But if actually you read more carefully, there's almost like a hiddenness to Jesus. People are asking all the time, who are you? Um, Who is this man? And even at the, the most shock and awe that you possibly could imagine is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And yet at the end of Matthew's gospel, it says, and they stood on the mountain and they worshipped him. And yet some of them stood back and doubted. <laughs> if there was ever a thing that would shock and awe, bombard someone into a place of faith, it would be the resurrection of the dead. And somehow... There was a hiddenness and an ordinariness to this 
happening. There's a hiddenness, an ordinariness about Jesus. A commentator on this passage put it like this. We might phrase John's question like this. Jesus, why don't you do more? To all such restless impatience, he utters the same warning. For the most part, the way the Lord works is in the way of plodding perseverance, in the doing of apparently small things. The history of the church shows that this is one of the lessons most difficult to learn. The way the Lord works is the way of plodding perseverance in the doing of apparently small things. Happy are all those that, don't, that do not stumble on account of me, Jesus says. Um, doesn't Jesus say that we ought to come to him like children, with the faith of children? And um, some of us, some of us have that kind of faith. And uh, I think sometimes, particularly in the 21st century, Christians in the West, other Christians look down on that kind of faith, that kind of childlike faith, like, oh, you know, you, you don't have an adult faith yet. Some of the children won't know what this word means, but there's a word going around deconstruction. Have you heard this phrase? People who are deconstructing their faith. But Jesus is saying, how blessed, how happy, how wonderful it is if people can have, if you have a childlike trust in the goodness of God. And so we should be encouraging that in each other, never looking down on anyone. Who, who And you think, well, oh, they... They clearly haven't thought about this enough. And maybe they haven't. But how wonderful it is for them in their, in their childlike faith. And it's, it's the enemy's job. The en- I, you know, I believe, I believe in the devil and the, the spiritual powers of evil. And it, it's his job to try and persuade us to doubt our faith and believe our doubts. To doubt our faith and believe our doubts. But it's Jesus' desire for us that we might have faith in our faith and doubt our doubts. <laughs> I think, uh, and I think this is really important even for children and young people to, to hear, particularly for, for t- teenagers, is one of the things that is very comforting about this story, about John the Baptist, the truest believer, the one with the most white-hot faith, is that he struggled with doubt. It can feel doubt, particularly persistent doubt. It can, uh, for the life of a Christian, you can experience guilt about it. Or I really ought not to be, not to be feeling this. And yet, here we have John the Baptist struggling with doubt. And so, perhaps if you hear nothing else <laughs> from this talk, is if you are struggling with doubt as an adult or a teenager or a child, is uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, it's part of the pattern of of faith, perhaps. There is a scandal to Jesus. We're going to look in the chat zone. Uh, it says in the Old Testament in Isaiah that God has placed a stone on the way to Jerusalem uh, and it makes people stumble. Jesus is a stumbling block. In, in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul writes, We preach Christ crucified foolishness to Greeks and (laughs) someone might be able to help me it's written down over there it's foolishness to Greeks and what to Jews 
It's a stumbling block. It's an offence, a stumbling block. It's very humble of me, you know, to let Jamie finish that line. <laughs> a stumbling block. And so there is something about faith in Jesus for many people is a, a stumbling block and foolishness. And uh, there's another song on the album of Michael Card's, that Scandal on album, the last song on the album. It's God's God's own fool. And and Michael Carr says, I seem to imagine all of my life that this man who was the wisest of all of mankind, but if God's holy wisdom is foolishness to man, he must have seemed out of his mind. There is something um, upside down and topsy-turvy to the way of Jesus. We're going to move into our groups now, but I, I I want to pray for us. Lord, for those of us who struggle and wrestle with doubts, I pray that you would come alongside them. And as Irene has testified to the prayer time last week, that you would be with us and with them. Lord, uh, I pray by your Holy Spirit that we would have faith in our faith and doubt our doubts and that we would recognize the ploys of the enemy that would cause us to doubt our faith and have faith in our, and believe our doubts. Lord, I pray that you would be raising the faith of St. Margaret's Church to the pattern that we read in the Bible and not limiting it, our faith, to the little, perhaps, that we may have seen with our eyes. Lord, I pray that for myself as well. I pray that for all of us. Happy are all of those that do not stumble on account of you, Jesus. Lord, we want to receive you with childlike faith of your goodness, your kindness, and that your ways are perfect. In, in Jesus' name, amen. So I think Matt's going to come up and send us to our groups. Great, thanks, Nathaniel. Yes, yeah, so um, as it's our United Service, we've got our zones to go into now. Oh, brilliant. Yep, so we've got our chat zone at the back um, here where the the chairs are. We've got just in the side chapel um, a bit more of a reflective, quiet time for those that might want to do that. And then at the back, obviously, we've got the make and do where there's a a few few different activities um, for you to go and do. So you don't have to do um, all of them. You can just do one or you can, well, you can do all of them or you might just want to do one. But we're going to take about um, probably 10 to 15 minutes um, to go and do that. So, um, yes, as and when you're ready, if you want to make your way to whichever zone you want to um, have a go at. Thank you.